away and away. That is never, that is always going to make me laugh. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. I'm Mike Newell and it's official. Lorenzo Insigne is a Toronto man's after his now famous argument with TFC fans in the injury suite at BMO Field on Saturday. Uh, What a way to walk into your first day on the job, at least your first official day, John Herdman. So, uh, welcome you gotta deal with that um on today's show we'll briefly react to tfc's 3-2 loss to the 2023 shield winners fc cincinnati we'll talk about a little bit about herdman's first day and of course we'll get into the burning question presented by next door and all the comments coming here on the live feed lots to dig into as you can see uh no michael singh he's uh chilling on the west coast um, but we do have uh, myself and Jeffrey P. Nesker on board with you. JPN, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. We are a well-traveled podcast. Between the three of us, we are like just racking up those frequent flyer miles. I mean, this is pretty awesome. We are, we're like Renaissance men here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to uh, FC Cincinnati. Uh, it didn't mean that I had to stick around and watch you win the Shield in our house, though. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I took off, a, I maybe took it off maybe like, three minutes before the final whistle i'm like okay I, yeah. I don't necessarily need to see them spraying water bottles and jumping up and down all over the pitch i did feel good for nick no. Haglin. i saw his post and I was yeah like, all yeah. right well nick Haglin's got himself another shield so good for him yeah and i also i, I loved you love to see it the fans meeting uh the players at like one in the morning back in uh back in cincinnati at the airport was uh was lots of fun you know they brought out the bubble machines and they really made a made a go of it so it's it's so nice to see you know it's it it really does warm the heart when you see a long-suffering fan base you know get their get their comeuppance and 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 sort of ride the crest to a to a wave to the top of the league we we were there ourselves so it's 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 pretty familiar and uh you know as as much as i absolutely refused to be at bmo for the for the celebrations it was it was nice to revisit them later It, it was it was interesting yeah, I mean, look, we were there. It was once a nice warm blanket that's now cold and threadbare and has holes all through it. But we still have those memories. But I really want to talk about that video, okay? Just just really quickly, mm. I want to... I wanna yeah, damn right. Um, if you have, if you're in TFC land and have been living under a rock for the last couple of days, a video emerged after Saturday night's game at BMO Field where Lorenzo Insigne got into an argument with TFC, with a TFC fan, TFC fans, plural. I don't know the full context. Um, I've heard several different accounts of what happened. Uh, but Lorenzo Insigne was in the injured injury suite, basically, if you want to call that FC injury suite. Uh, where all players that are not in <laughs> the 18 bench. and injured yeah, are actually in that suite um, around, I think, like 126 or 127 in the stadium. And somebody got in it, into it with him. Um, I don't know exactly, again, the context of how it started. There's been several reports that fans were going after him a little bit. Um, and obviously, he was giving it back. Now, granted, his his wife and children were also in the suite, which before we get into the whole, the reason I find that video incredibly funny um, there is a serious matter. Look, I get it. Like professional athletes are there, 
you, when they're on the field, you know, you're, you're critiquing their performances, you're critiquing the way that they're representing your club in that regard. But when the guys with his wife and family, man, like, mm, I don't know, I have a hard time with that. That's a line I'm not really that cool about crossing. I don't know how mm -hmm. you feel about that, Jeff. But like, before we get into sort of the more lighthearted stuff, there is that and I'm not, you know, I get it. Look, like I, I get, I've, I, you know, Kings and North used to sit in that pie corner, one twenty-seven, where that injury suite currently is. So you used to see injured mm. players, injured players all the time. And there was a moment I remember back in the day where some of the supporters got on Jermaine the foe. Um, he wasn't in the suite, but his mother and some of his cousins were in the suite, and they mm. heard some stuff about Jermaine the foe. And then, you know, like. Yeah, there is a yeah. slightly funny side to it, but there also is this like human side to it as well. Yeah, and I, I think I think the line is getting dangerously close to being crossed, if not crossed already. Um, I would say it's been crossed already, but but just the general, you know, everything is so lax with this club that it's not surprising that you know common sense and social mores and etiquette and sort of the line between fan and player. And the right and the wrong time to levy criticism has also kind of disappeared and, and, and there's no responsibility, you know? Um, you know, if we're going to attack this from all angles, um, you got to have some balls to sit on the patio of that suite with or without your family, considering your efficacy at the club so far. So there's that, right? Like you don't, you don't go looking for trouble. And I would say that Maybe he did to, to a certain degree, uh, but that doesn't excuse it. It doesn't excuse it. And you and I have both heard different, uh, different, you know, fan fiction about how it started. Certainly, I've, I've heard much more um, reliable information about how it ended uh, to the point that, you know, it, I think I could safely say that it came down to one person and they were summarily lifetime banned from the stadium and, and left, you know, with their tail between their legs, cry, cry, crying all the way home. Um but yeah, it's just it, it speaks volumes to sort of the what's going on at this club where where all bets are off. You know, I, I think their fault, the fault lies everywhere. But but at the end of the day, uh, there is no universe where, where it's OK for a fan to harass a player on the pitch, off the pitch in the industry street suite. And certainly um, you would think that when push comes to shove and, you know, maybe the first exchange happens you realize the man's there with his family and cooler heads prevail. And I, I think that's where this one goes right off the deep end is that cooler heads didn't prevail. And they see, it seems to be in, in all um, uh, dealings with the club, you know, this and, and everything else, cooler heads just aren't prevailing. It's like, you know, there are, there are so many triggers to go from a to Z or Z and uh, you know, they, it, instead of instead of taking a, a moment and having a breath, you just go straight to a thousand or go straight to the end. And, and it's indicative. I mean, we're seeing it all over the place. Yeah, it's it's look, uh, we've we've kind of run out of words for to describe the season and how things have gone so horribly wrong mm. um, in this 2023 season. And this is just, it's a symptom, right? It's a symptom of the, the greater issues at the club where there feels like there is a disconnect between fan and players right now. Everybody talks mm -hmm. about, look, the 16, 17, 
even 18, even though that wasn't a great season, 19, like that team, it felt like it was really close to the supporters, even if they weren't close themselves as teammates, like if they weren't, mm-hmm. you know, going out and hanging out at a shoeless Joe's after, I'm not saying they, these guys would hang out at a shoeless I mean, Joe's, but professional you know soccer what I mean? players, they eat yeah. boiled chicken, they, they eat 10 months <laughs> out of the year, boiled chicken yeah. and rice, all three meals, like I going to a shoeless Joe's when you can't drink. And you have to order, you know, a, a chicken breast doesn't exactly feel like a good time out on the team. Yeah, so. but I mean, like, yeah, I think there is this whole idea that supporters just don't feel like they're very connected to this team. And, and because you don't feel that connection, it becomes maybe a little bit easier to cast some stones um metaphorically speaking nobody actually threw anything at lorenzo i just metaphorically mm-hmm. um no, i'm glad you, know, you brought it, that up because yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's um, an easy association to make exactly but i mean like you know they um it, it becomes easier and, and people feel like they can do that because there is so much frustration um and, and again i get it you know yeah. uh, but that said man lorenzo insigne's reaction the, well, the, before the, you get into the into the yeah, lead, you know, I think I think Boomslang because we are going to go heavy on the comments today because we're, sure. we're missing a person. So so Boomslang, you know, pretty obvious. Lorenzo Insigne does not pay much attention to the fan base and To or his Coddle and fanboy group that affirms him all the time. You know, th- that speaks to my point, right? Like you don't go looking for trouble, and you know, this guy is is there. There is. I'm not excusing the situation in any way, shape, and form whatsoever even though it kind of sounds like i am i'm just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit like you don't you know there are ways and means to do things and 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 as much as it was totally inexcusable maybe you know parading the fam out at a bmo when you're injured for the upteenth time in a highly visible place maybe isn't the move either you know what i mean um, like there, i do have to say something to that effect Right, like, Fair listen, enough. it's all gone ridiculous. People on Twitter are acute, are saying, you know, why wasn't he down on the bench with his teammates? Which ignores the fact that he wasn't named to the game day squad. It's yeah, not, not possible to be for down him there, sitting on the yeah. bench with his teammates. In fact, he was where he was supposed to be. But there is, I could make the argument, you know, maybe don't get the spotlight shining on you. Don't, you know, don't go looking for the for the camera angles and the and the cameo appearances on the broadcast because you know, the team's kind of crap right now. So it does, there, there is a part of, I could capably argue that it speaks to that disconnect. Like I'm not saying hide, but I am saying when you go looking for trouble, often you're going to find it. But that's essentially what you're kind of saying. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I, mm -hmm. you know, I, that's kind of what you're saying. Like you, you are saying kind of hide, right? Like what else is he supposed to do? Where else is he supposed to go in the stadium? Right? Like, unless because it's a bigger, well, hold on, on. because like, if he Mm -hmm. doesn't go to the suite, what is he supposed to, that suite's not like the biggest place in the world. He's just going to hang out there the entire, this in this tiny room, the entire game. And then the other option is he doesn't show up at all. And then the bigger story is Lorenzo Insigne isn't even coming out to watch a team while he's hurt. He's in town, but he's hanging out, you know, in his, you know, is his mansion and not with, the team right so like there's almost like a no win situation there for him like if he sits outside people take shots at him maybe you agree that he deserves it in a certain way um Mm. but the the idea that he's just gonna you know sit in a box and never show his face outside i think that's a little much right like uh, look he's a professional athlete he's a 
yeah, he's a professional athlete and mm. he expects and he will know that there's a certain amount of criticism. And I think even he himself will admit to a certain extent that, look, he's not been anywhere near uh, good enough, you know, since he has been here. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think there is a again, like we said, there is a line. There is a point where, yeah. you know, if your wife and kids are out there like, come on, man, like, you know, like it, yeah. yelling at him yeah. is not going to solve right now tfc's defense he's not gonna start and, crying and quit the team you know well, like he's what's not the you know ending? yeah you and, know he, I mean? and yelling at yeah. him while he's sitting in the injury suite is not gonna correct you know tfc's problems in clearing the box mm-hmm. or defending mm-hmm. set pieces right like that that's not gonna help right so uh, yeah look in the end of the day two two turks points that maybe yeah, yeah. will refocus the conversation and the first is i i actually think this is a pretty pretty fair point maybe if you did more than one interview you know what I mean? The fact that he's so invisible behind the scenes at TFC while it sputters into dust, I think, has created some of this uh, uh, powder keg. You know what I mean? So that when you do see him in, a, for back, lack of a better word, an, an opportunity for access, people lose their minds. Uh, and then the second one is, again, Turts, and he said, I'm sure he's dealt with worse at Napoli. And I'm well, not sure if I, I believe to. that. Yeah. I'm not oh, sure if I believe that. Oh, I'm prodigal, sure he has. Prodigal son. I'm sure he um, has. There's there's been tough never, Derby losses and things like that he's had to deal with. But where, did they you know, say get the hell out? Like, it, does it does it end with absolutes, hey. or does it or is it or is it delivered with? A, it, like, it's football you know, fandom. Never, don't do this. Yeah, Jeff. It's yeah, football fandom, man. Like people say wild yeah, stuff all yeah. the time. You know that. Yeah, I I'm twisting that, myself right? in the pretzels here. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm trying to argue an inarguable point, but but I do think there's there's some merit in, you know just th- this power vacuum is manifesting in every way possible right now. This and nature does a poor vacuum. And I do Fair. think the fans feel it. Uh, the club feels it. Nobody is dealing with it. It's there. Nobody's dealing with it. And you're, and you're seeing it manifest in these really, really, really strange ways. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see now that John Herbert's here. Cause he's a man who, you know, let, like it or love it, loves the spotlight and can, and can handle mm-hmm. the camera. Um, and, and I wonder if that will rub off on the players, but I do want to get to the lighter side of this. Okay. Yes, uh, please. Lorenzo Insigne busting out Toronto slang man has been hanging around Marley Avenue. He's been hanging around Weston road a lot, you know, maybe making some trips in the Brampton with Jaquiel <laughs> and with, with DeAndre Kerr, like where, like, I, I like, I, I heard of the argument. And then I actually, like, I didn't even, the first time I looked at it, didn't even listen to the audio. I just saw him obviously yelling at a fan. It was clear. And I was like, oh, well, he's yelling at a Mm -hmm. fan. That, you know, that happens. And then somebody said, no, listen to the audio. And he's dropping, like, waste, man. Like, not once, but, like, several times. So clearly someone has taken the time to not only teach him the word but the context on how to use it like is he on mm-hmm. like to like urban dictionary figuring out like so so you're a waste, waste man truther and all that kind of like <laughs> go ahead because it's turning into the blue purple dress thing it's turning into one of those like uh one of those conundrums people here respect in like a in like a neapolitan by way of of english as a second language um you know i I don't care. It's waste man forever for me. You know, it's waste I, man I just forever. want the I'm t-shirt. Waste man. Yeah, I, I now, want I just t-shirt. want to talk. I want to speak I want, it into yeah. existence. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. It might as it like, could be respect, but I don't think I care. Like it's it's oh, waste man for me. Oh, I I know. Like I okay, so I I like know that some of these guys have gotten the like here is sort of the slang words in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. Here is the things that we use. Uh, to say certain things, so I know that has happened, right? Yeah, I just, oh yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe, and maybe you guys are right. Maybe Rui, maybe you're right. Maybe I am trying to speak it into existence. That could be we don't true. Care. But I, I, I want it to be real. I want it to mm-hmm. be real because, mm-hmm. hey, look, this has been a tough season, and he hasn't played well. And I want something to smile at when I think about Lorenzo yep. Insigne. You know, I just want to smile thinking the man used Waste Man in an argument with a Toronto FC I need, fan I need a suite. T-shirt to go with my. We have an effing good team. Puzzwello t-shirt like i absolutely need a waste man t-shirt need to get annie on it so need badly need to get annie on it. but yeah annie we, do we absolutely do this this being that being said do you want waste man over him in the leather jacket special or do you want waste man with him flipping off uh, a duncan from from earlier in the season like i'm, oh, I'm not sure which one ooh, which one makes um, makes a better i think image, a ladder right? i'll take the ladder yeah yeah it's ladder. a bit of a cheat but you know we we deserve some sort of fun this season 100%. Anyway, Waste Man Forever. I know it's probably respect, but tell me you wouldn't buy that t-shirt. I think 100% of our audience would be in line to buy that t-shirt. So 100%. It's 100%, 100% mm-hmm. I would buy that shirt. Um, okay, guys, you do want us to talk a little bit about the game. So let's get into the actual game itself. Uh, TFC to FC Cincinnati 3. Um, I was standing beside you for the first half uh jp and we were watching seeing it together now, seeing my view yeah it was great yeah Getting it was tactical. great view. and and look I, it starts rough you know uh mm-hmm. go down two nil uh relatively early it should have been it probably should have been two nil even earlier than it became two nil yep. Um, yep at a certain point and and we were watching luke choacosta at times just carve TFC's midfield and defending apart with like simple like through balls that were exquisite um mm-hmm. to Brandon Vasquez and to, to other to others uh on the FC Cincinnati team and we're just like how is TFC set up to handle any of what, this they were like what two absolute sitters that went right across the face of goal completely uncontested that we were lucky to not get uh scorched on just because no one was there uh but you know yeah, they were having their way with us. It was uh, it was ridiculous to watch. We had no answers, and we were just panicking at the back. You know. Yeah, and look, and I think there were moments for TFC in transition before FC Cincinnati scored. So I don't want to necessarily say that um, there uh, that there were like TFC were completely bereft of opportunities, but you did see a team that was at least in those first, let's call it, you know, 25 minutes. You saw a team that was very much wooden spoon contenders versus shield contenders. You could see why Mm -hmm. FC Cincinnati right now are kind of running away with the shield uh, race. And they're now officially confirmed as shield winners. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we used to have a a number 10 on TFC that used to do things like that. Um, But now, you know, that number 10 is, uh, on FC Cincinnati was carving us apart. And look, th- again, the sort of the same kind of uh, critiques that we've had of this team mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. And the same plaudits. Kobe Franklin was immense again. He was, know? he was. He but I also really, think really that like yeah. set piece defending was another issue again. Oh, yeah. um, you know, in a lot of ways on both goals where you can't really clear uh, your box properly. I thought Emi Bika... Again, had a little Disaster bit of a mare. Class. 
Yeah, and just, just clearing class. the ball, clearing the ball right at FC Cincinnati players at times. Unbelievable. Um, and Unbelievable. it was a, it was hard to watch a little bit. And I and and I just want to pause on Emi Mabika for a second because he's one of the players that I have found have a very interesting arc in his very short time with Toronto FC. Right, he gets signed by Bill Manning or sorry by uh, Bob Bradley, uh, brought in in a sort of a minor deal uh, with Inter Miami, and he comes in under Bob Bradley and looks. You know, he looks good, right? He looks solid. He mm-hmm. looks like somebody that, you know, maybe you can start to, you know, build some depth around. Uh, you know, maybe he's not sure gonna be your every game starter, but he's definitely somebody that, okay, when you could throw him in there, he's at least going to be somewhat reliable. Man, has that dip just changed so quickly. Um, and and this is the kind of thing that you can see when a manager leaves. Like as much as people were, you know, and even on this show, we mm-hmm. were saying, you know, Bradley has to go at a certain point. You can see where the coaching style of Bob Bradley really works with some younger players, right? That are able to get yeah, some confidence in play. Yeah, I'm not giving that to Bobby. No, I'm not giving that to Bob. And I, I, you know, I will give Bob all of the plaudits and flowers that I can possibly give. This to me is just, you know, change of scenery, fresh, fresh room, bad habits manifest. You can, you, you can go anywhere you want, but you're going to take your problems with you. And uh, I think that that's the case. You know, if he had been kicking ass or if he had had a successful career uh, elsewhere, I mean, obviously he's younger, but you know, if he had come to like, I, 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 I just don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how better to express it than the way I just expressed it. I think that this is who he really is. Um, and what we saw uh, at the outset was who he could be, but I don't think he's ever going to get there. Yeah, I mean, but I think because, that because what, he... what we're seeing is just such so bad. I mean, let's not mince words here. Like the basics yes. aren't happening. Do you know what I mean? Like we were yeah, playing no, Michael okay. Bradley out of position as cover for him because Terry Dunfield, who has the most woeful coaching record in the history of our of our club franchise, whatever you want to call it, didn't trust him. Like that is a, about as as bad an admonishment as you can possibly get in major league soccer. So, you know, I think it's fair to say there's no, there's no saving this guy. Um, it, it just, it's not happening out there on the field, you know, like, it, and the basics are wrong. And, and, you know, I, I, I have cashed in Miami Mabika stock since what, what, what game was it where the third goal or the fourth goal or the 12th goal saw him just completely give up on the play and the NYCFC away yeah yeah that was it for me that was it for me I mean there was trouble brewing but that was it for me that was yeah and I I get what you're saying I I I do get what you're saying um and Turds makes a good point that although he had a bit of a mare he's the one coming out and doing the media which speaks to our earlier I mean it's insane it's insane it's It's, insane that he gets thrown out into the the last person I want to hear from is Ami Mabika about anything at this point so but I mean like like, yeah but I I think at the end of the day right like I do think there is something to say about you know certain coaches have certain ways of being able to draw talent out of out of certain Mm -hmm. players and you know, you you end up seeing uh, what a coaching change can do to a player's confidence, right? If they're not getting picked or maybe even they're being put into or being asked to do things that they're not yet comfortable doing. Uh, now, yeah. granted, the thing we kind of asked and maybe we could 
do is be really big, be like six foot six, yeah. six foot seven as tall as he is, head the ball out. Yeah, um, do, do something with, with those headers attacking and defensive and defensively that isn't like soft lobs that like anybody in their mother could 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 intercept. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you say tomato, I say tom- tomato. I, uh, I I just I just don't see it with this with this kid. You know, Miami was Miami was uh, was 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 really it didn't take much to get him from Miami and now we can see why fair enough fair enough uh shout out to Luca Gavrin uh in a lot of ways I know obviously Jonathan Osorio will get man of the match because he scored the brace uh to get mm. TFC back level um and it was actually a very good I, I will give TFC some flowers there was a good fight back here what uh, down two nil now gifted a goal for sure um I'm sure the FC maybe two keeper wants that back maybe two gifted two goals but hey look you got it mm-hmm. you got to be there to take those uh opportunities and Jonathan Osorio is there they, but they all count yeah, but I do want to speak about Luca Gavin because I think this is an interesting case of a player who, and John Molinero wrote a piece uh, in TFC Republic about it, just uh, a player that has earned the opportunity to get some minutes here um, at TFC 100%. by going through the pipeline. He was drafted by the club, you know, has played at TFC 2 for the last, for the majority of two seasons, right? Like, I know he's come up near yeah. the end um, of the T- second uh, TFC 2 season. Uh, but I think he, I think he's a, a player that has sort of been able to take, you know, his opportunity and grasp it by both hands. And you're yep. kind of seeing that with some of these younger players. Now I know, again, in a season where you're wooden spoon and everything seems to be going wrong, it's hard to try to find positives in young players that are kind of taking opportunities. It's easy when you look there. But but I mean, if you look at Luca Gavin, if you we talk about Kobe Franklin. You know, I'm still positive on DeAndre Kerr. I know a lot of people aren't. Um, I am. I am. Uh, but, I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we talk about uh, Alfonso Cuello as well. There are some young players on this team that have sort of grasped an opportunity and, and taken their their chance to stake a claim in this team somehow. And it'll be interesting, again, as John Herdman moves forward with how do I start to rebuild this club Luke Gavin will be an interesting piece to see what he mm-hmm. does with them uh, going forward. I mean, you know, I obviously we were talking about him a bit at the game. I just wanted to get your thoughts on his performance. I mean, I think he's going to be Sean's uh, number two, if not our number one, because I don't have a lot of faith that we're going to uh, be able to hold on to Sean Johnson uh, coming up. And I, I also think that, you know, depending on how the other chips fall, uh, we may meet his his salary back in the in the coffers to to do anything. So, um, you know, when we look back on this season, uh, which we'll be doing a lot in the off season with all sorts of special episodes. You know, I'm sure you've seen the the drop of that one awful Adama Diamande uh, uh, over under that we did that we all completely got yeah. wrong. Well, well, fellas, yeah. sports fans. They're all horrific, and we're going to we're going to have a show where we just sit and let you just throw vegetables at us because we're going to play them and then we're going to revisit them and it's going to be terrible and we're all going to learn so much about ourselves. Um, you know, th- these these kids haven't just stepped up, but they've stepped up in an impossible situation. They've stepped yes. up in a season where they were just treading water. You know where all of the hallmarks of being a younger player on a first team in in the in tier one football were just atomized. 
right? Like, don't trust these guys. The guys that are get paying the most, uh, you know, leave, leave them. Like, they stake their own. And, for, and let's not forget, they're still playing against tier one opposition every week. So the fact that they were able to carve out identities for themselves on this Franken team, the fact that they were, a, the fact that they were able to do what they did in this environment. It's unbelievable. If I'm John Herdman, these are like, I'm shaking all of their hands and I'm saying, what do we need to do to make next year better for you? Because, you know, on paper, that's who you build a team around. Those are the guys you want to go to war with. You know, they're not complaining about trench foot. They're not, you know, they don't care about their muddy uniforms. They're out there taking, taking bullets for you. That's who you want to go to war with. And not just that, but they're industriously advancing your forward line while you're getting pelted everywhere else, you know? So, um, yeah, uh, unbelievable amounts of respect for all of them. Franklin's immense. He's immense. You know, I, I care less and less about losing Richie Larea with every game that I see Kobe Franklin play. I think that in some ways, um, the silver lining of losing Richie is that it, the emergence of Kobe and not having to fight for those minutes, which in a season without silver linings is freaking awesome. Um, you know, uh, Quayo, and and I think we need to start calling Quayo because that's actually how it's pronounced. Yeah, so let's I'm just do the the Bernadeschi uh, 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 gambit and start calling Quayo. Speaking of which, I got an energy kit. I want Quayo on the back. Nobody can facilitate this. I have money. I just want someone to press the letter sports. set on the I back. I think real sports can do it. I've called. I called them today and. Fingers crossed, they might be able to order it on back order for me. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But yeah, <laughs> shambles. yeah, I just, I, Jesus, mm, shambles. I mean, it's a, it's a shambles. You know, we have no lids for the adult sippy cups. You can't get you can't get anybody on on the back of your jersey unless his name is Bernadeschi or or Insigne, and it's a mess. And and that insult to injury, like three rows down in one sixteen, a guy's wearing an island or an energy kit with Jaquille Marshall ready on it. I'm sure that was a custom jobby because I can't imagine real sports had a whole bunch of jam R kits. So somewhere, somehow someone can help me do this. I hope I haven't missed my window. I want those yellow letters on the back. Please someone help a brother out. Um, uh, yeah. Quajos yeah. Quajos role is hard. Uh, being is a number hard. six is hard. Being a number six on a team, being a number eight, look at, look at Oso's decline, right? Being a number eight is, is difficult. Uh, uh, on a team that's this unbalanced. Does he have mares? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but do they supersede the moments of brilliance? Absolutely not. This kid has, his soccer IQ is off the charts. You know, he's silky as all F. Um, let's not do a Frazier here, man. You know, let's, let's, let's blood this kid properly. Yeah. Uh, and, and let him make some mistakes. Playing as a six ain't easy. Uh, no, it's not. Not on a team where, yeah, not on a team where that gives the ball away as much as as, this as team much does. as they, and look, he as and we, he and he yeah. is guilty of, of some bad giveaways too. Let's let's not let's you know not necessarily no, absolve him of ball yeah. blame. But uh, you know, at the same time, I I think that each one of the players that you you sort of talked about there has you know, f as you say, kind of progressed through sort of the fog of this season and have been able to, you know, show what they can do and how they can contribute on a first team level. And that yep. 
kind of gives you a little spark of hope for next season, right? I don't Huge know spark of hope if this, for next season. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, like, I, I, we'll see, right? Because it, it depends on on how this rebuild will go, right? It depends on what John Herbert is mm-hmm. really going to value in terms of w- moving forward. But I think that you know, if you pull it back to again, somebody like Luca Gavrin, again, somebody like Kobe Franklin, DeAndre Kerr, mm-hmm. a little less extent, but it the pathway through TFC two is starting to bear some fruit. Uh, now, what exactly that fruit's going to end up being, we still need to find out uh, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. But like you're, you're starting to see some of that actually pay off a little bit. And, 100%. You know, and, and, and that's a good thing. That can only be a positive thing. If you can start to find players that can Massive be positive. those role players that you can build around, then I think you're putting yeah. yourself in a better position. Does that make you... A cup contender right away, probably not. Um, but it, it it it's the start. I mean, if you look at the way the team we lost to on Saturday sort of built itself up after being the worst team in the league for the first three years, it joined MLS to mm-hmm. the way it started to build itself around a core and finding some young players that can fill some roles. And then you get sort of the right type of players around them that are quality. Uh, then that's a good that's a good sort of recipe for success in MLS. Mikey's going to kill me. I didn't put up the uh, the banners until right now. Sorry, Mike, saying it's been a while since I've done this. God, um, he's, he's on he's on Rodale having a good time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's having like his 40th In-N-Out Burger animal style fries, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, Turt's coming in again. I love Alonzo's confidence to keep trying to play out of pressure. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, being a six is hard. Being a ball-winning, uh, creative six is next to impossible he's he's putting in the hard yards uh i don't know the best way to say this the whole time you were talking i'm sorry i was trying to construct my sentence but like if you had on paper this is youth working out right we often over the years have talked about the path to the first team and successfully blooding our young players the fact is is that it's happening and we're not recognizing it because it's just been so bad i mean these guys took it upon themselves and ran through the gauntlet of their own volition, almost of their own momentum and motivation and proved themselves willing role players on an absolutely garbage team, right? That bodes so well for the future. It's one of the only positives that I think we can take unilaterally out of this season. Uh, You know, and, and I, I just, I think that, uh, that we need to celebrate it more. I really, really do. Honestly, no, I, like I having agree. this conversation makes me want to go scream from the mountaintops that there is one positive that came out of this year, and it's the emergence of the kids. You know, just just compare JMR, who were still dicking around, for lack of a better word, right? Like these guys made their own luck. You know, if anything, I could make an argument that it points to the ineptitude of the front office, the people that they're paying attention to, the JMRs, sputter. The people that come in and just put their head down and do a job, we're talking about on Mondays. So, you know, hopefully this influx of, of, of new front office staff means that that will flip and they'll have a firmer idea of the people that should be celebrated and stop mismanaging the people that are falling through the cracks. For sure. And let's talk a little bit about this new sort of managed structure, at least on the field. 
like my officially, segue there, huh? uh, well, yeah, officially yesterday was uh, John Herdman's first day as manager. Though, for those who have not heard, Terry Dunfield will still be on the field with the team and as manager for the next, I think, three games. Uh, basically, till the end Forever. of the season. Forever. Yeah, basically, you can check I, it I think it, I think like, it's to the end of the season. Never I, leave. Yeah. yeah, I heard t- I heard two games, but I actually think it's till the end of the season, right? Because they have I heard games one game. game. I heard the last game. I mean, you've all seen it. There's a there's a three minute uh, John Herdman uh, getting you know is is perfectly coiffed hair blown ever so slightly by the lakeshore breeze, explaining his 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 master plan manifesto, and it sounds to all the world like a whole bunch of excuses. You know, uh, listen, sometimes. Occam's razor, you know, the simplest truth is, is, is the truth. Would you want your career with TFC to start with four, the, how many games are left Four four losses? Three. How many losses are left? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a, it's a face saving move at the expense of, of everybody's favorite sacrificial lamb, Terry Dunfield. And again, what are three more games going to do to his managerial career? The man is now his wagon is hitched to TFC until probably forever more as a consequence of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cynical and it sucks, but we all knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. Uh, um, and I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if calling him a coward makes sense. Uh, you know, we hired a guy who likes optics. Uh, one of his greatest skills is optics. What is resetting a culture, if not getting everybody to believe your own BS um, because it is all BS. You win and everything's fine. You lose and everything sucks. Like, you know, culture. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's it's cowardly. I think we should have expected it. And if anything, once again, it's another symbol of the incompetence and the ineptitude of the club because for a club that's this obsessed with controlling their own narrative, this season has been one PR disaster after another. There was absolutely no reason to, to set out a timeline. And then you get caught with your pants down and, and here we are. I I get what you're saying and I, I get kind of what you're saying there and um but i'm not sure i you know i think we said it earlier when he was first hired mm. and we found out that the start date was october 1st it's like okay like i don't think this is the biggest deal in the world really that he's not on the sideline for the final three games it's like, it's anti-football and i think you have to allow for that when you sign a manager unless it's Unless it's, uh, what's his face, uh, David Moyes. I mean, I can count on one hand the amount of examples, and, and it's usually at your club, actually, of, of not caretaker managers, but like administrative managers that come in and are managers in all but name and have that kind of weird sort of bubble uh, where they're not accountable yet. Uh, so... But it's not. But every manager has like even done. if they take the touchline, there is a time and period where you're kind of like, okay, we're going to give the manager a bit of grace, right? Like we did the same thing with well, Bob if, Bradley if that's last so, year, then, right? If that's so, then if that, I mean it was, it was, and and I think that's doubly, I think that doubly proves my point of why Herdman wants that insulation, right? Because you just you pointed out yourself, like Bob Bradley came in with that same margin of allowed suckitude. Uh, and look at what happened when when the calendar year turned and here we were in, in this new campaign. Uh, so I, I, I just I, I think the optics of it are. are I mean, who who would who would? It's I, a I'll bit the question harsh, to our, our listeners. Who did anybody actually expect him to take over on the 1st of October? 
because I, I, you know, look like I thought I thought that he would at least take two games. Sure. On the on the on the touchline. The fact that he may mm-hmm. only take one or none doesn't exactly surprise me. Um, uh, you know, look, I, I think, look, one, he had a contract to fulfill with Canada soccer, right? It's not like Canada soccer. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we're not going to just let him go. Um, they mm-hmm. clearly wanted That's him fair. to finish his work, you know, get Mauro Briello prepared for the October uh, window. Um, and from that perspective, you know, I, I think you have to deal with that. Also, I think, you know, from a from a perspective of I think he needs to take a step back and and assess the team, you know, from sort of a, a stepped back point of view. Uh, yes, of course, you know, everybody's going to think like he needs to get hands on mm-hmm. the players. He needs to get in and get tactics. It's three games that don't matter. Right. Like in the end of the game, at the end of the day. If he takes a look back and it gives him opportunities to not just assess talent at, on a football perspective, mm-hmm. but personalities in a room, a lot of pers- some personalities he's going to know because obviously he's close with the mm-hmm. national team and a lot of the players have been in the national camps, you know, at some point. Yep. And some players he have never known and have maybe only had a text message conversation or a quick phone call after he was hired. So giving him that opportunity you to <laughs> properly, well, properly assess, right? Like, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Like, mm. you know, to to properly assess what he's got to work with and what he's got to do. Like, you know, he's going to have to figure that out relatively quickly because, you know, once the season's over, he's going to have to assess who am I keeping? Who am I putting up for the million mm-hmm. different MLS drafts that are going to be available, right? So, yeah. I get that. If he's got to take that time, I'd rather you take that time and get it right, right? Then rush him in to do something that, like, what? You know, okay, we get maybe a little moral boost. Well, I I, I mean, I think you, in a roundabout way, are saying exactly what I think, which is, is that this team is so broken, there's no fixing this team. There's no winning with this team. There's no stepping in with this team. The real work starts in the offseason. And it's shedding this roster to within an inch of its life, right? Yeah, there's I, nothing I, that he can do right now. So no, and, I agree. And, I think and, I think and, the yeah. There's no sorry. I think this the the mistake in you mentioned from a PR perspective is just saying that he starts October first. Like why October? One hundred percent. Just say it at the end 100%. of the season. At that we point. hired him for next year, and that's that because now yeah. you have everybody spinning their wheels, creating conspiracy theories, going going out into the weeds. And again, this is a club that is obsessed with controlling their own narrative, and they've allowed this to happen for the upteenth time this season. It makes absolutely no sense. It points to one hand not knowing what the other hand is doing, right? And even worse, because at the end of the day, it's in it's inescapable. It points to how completely broken this squad is. And that we might as well forfeit the rest of the season because nothing is happening. Nothing's moving. Why not have the guy that does the platitudes as the press conference that nobody believes in, that nobody trusts, just take us out, the pull the string because it's it's over, you know? And I'm not going to – I don't want to talk about the DPs. I don't want to talk about Michael Bradley. I don't want to talk about this camp, that camp, this camp. We all know the specifics. We're here – right? this is proof positive that there is no fixing this squad. And the, the the first and only step one is blowing it up, and there's no it's it, he's not doing that right now, so why bother? You know. Yeah, fair enough. That, that I mean, to like, me, that to me screams it from the mountaintops. Well, um, here, 
you know, and just just to go down really quickly. So um, obviously, John Herdman's in. We now have yeah, who are his question staff here. are going to be. Yeah, so Eric Tenaldo's coming in mm-hmm. as assistant coach and performance lead. All these names for Canadian soccer national team fans should be mm-hmm. somewhat familiar because they all are coming yep. from Canada soccer uh, with John. So Simon Eady uh, is the tech coordinator, and he's a goalkeeper coach. So we'll get to goalkeeper coach in a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Robin Gale, a former women's national team player, Olympic what bronze player. medalist, is the performance and wellness coach. Uh, same role she held with the national team and Alex uh, Dodgson has come in at, with as sort of, I don't know if he's actually head of scouting. I think we need some clarification on that, but he's also the yeah. analytics coach as well. I think he's coming in almost as head of scouting, but we can figure out and see if we can. Uh, and in a caretaker that. role, I think. Yeah. I think, I think that, you know, Paul Stutlary, uh did I did I mangle his last name? Well, so, so no, Saltieri, Saltieri. Yeah, yeah, so we don't know. He's yeah. a, apparently he may be back next season. I don't know mm-hmm. in what best job in the world. Paycheck and doesn't have to show up. Yeah, yeah. There had been discussions with him once they had actually fired Bob Bradley, but I haven't heard anything since um, that point. So maybe he is not coming back. Um, but another person mm-hmm. who is not coming back for sure is John Conway, who has been the longtime. Toronto FC goalkeeper coach. I can't believe it's it's pretty much he's been the goalkeeper for almost a decade, about a decade yeah. he's been with the club. Um, but he Long will time. not be returning as the goalkeeper coach. He actually, I think his last game was at the end of August. Uh, was the last time he was with the first team. So just interesting. Mm. Obviously, a shift. Uh, this is a team that's going forward is going to start assessing the talent on this squad and figuring out kind of who's staying and who's going um, along with Jason Hernandez and Bill Manning. I mean, I I think, you know, some people Mm -hmm. have pointed out in the comments here, you know, is there a concern that this first team staff along with the manager have no club experience? Um, Zero. That's who I want. No concerns for you? No concerns that you've got to blow this thing up. The last thing I want is stodgy old establishment people. I want fresh minds, fresh ideas. It can't get any worse, man. Honestly, this is the time that you bring in a fresh perspective. And it's not like they're coming from, I mean, I was going to say lacrosse, but where did Bruce Arena get his start, if not lacrosse? And he's one of the winningest coaches, you know, forget about the last six months of his life. But like, you, we are in no position to dictate terms. And if, the, and if I'm choosing between stodgy old way and flashbang new way, There'll never be a better time to do it, so let's try it. Because at the very least, we can we can cross that off on the on the on the endless TFC ledger, and maybe never do it again. But but let's do it. Let's try it. You know? Oh, did I lose Mike? Is Mike? Uh, is it just me now? I think it's just me now. This is scary. Uh, uh, shenanigans. Um, yay. Uh, boom slang. Let's, let's talk about what, well, let's, let's see what's going on. Yeah. Oh, he is frozen. He's 100% frozen. Uh, this is hilarious. I feel like, uh, <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about? Let's go. Oh, whoa. I hate that. Let's not do that. I can't stop. Not do that. All right. They're staring at me. Uh, the fix has to start from the top. The internal TFC office is just a complete mess. They understaff and overwork. Manny needs to go. Guys, I don't think Manny's going anywhere. Uh, I think he's been instrumental, uh, in the, oh, here we go. Mike's coming to rescue me from, from, uh, <laughs> from doing whatever the 
fuck I was just doing. Uh, hold on, let me bring him back in. There we go. Internet was not liking my takes, man. No not worries, man. My all. vamping was amazing. I I am really good at that, guys. Like I had everybody, I had everybody just just wrapped around my finger. Um, we're talking about Bill Manning again. Because yeah, we always well, do. Yeah, I um, and I'm saying I don't think he's going anywhere. I think no. the best we can hope for is he takes a step back, uh, seeds soccer operations, soccer decisions, maintains being a financial boardroom guy. I think that's the best you can hope for. Um, he's yeah, part and parcel I, I, with our 2026 World Cup bid. Uh, MLSC at a corporate level is a disaster right now. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, and he's doing stuff with the Argos. I mean, as Martin Bailey so eloquently said over the weekend when uh, when Argos fans went after him and he said, you're 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 espousing that the the, the ten million dollar franchise is in some way have precedence over the one billion dollar franchise. Um He's right, but at the end of the day, um, that's the best you can hope for. And that is almost like Manning leaving, guys. Um, you're not going to get your pound of flesh. You know, in life, you almost never do. It's not fair. Life is not fair. Uh, I don't think I need to tell you that. Uh, but if he's willing to cede the decisions that he's made poorly uh, and do the decisions that he's made well, whether you agree with me or not, I think that's the best we can hope for. And... Uh, I think that that might be what we eventually uh, end up seeing. Yeah, diminished yeah, I expectations. Think, yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, look, he's he, you know, as much as I have some of my gripes with some of the decisions he, you know, that have been made. Um, yes, to answer Christopher's level, question, he was instrumental in the World Cup bid. 100%. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He actually really was. Um, and especially with the city as well. Um, mm hmm. But, you know, in terms of that, yeah, I think that I think you're right. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, the only way I think that he may have to face the music is if something with Jason Hernandez doesn't go right. Um, or if this hire with John Herdman doesn't go right, which I think there is a chance. There is a chance that things I don't work out chance. here. There's a massive a risk. It, it is a bit of a risk. Like, look, I, I think that, you know, there is I, I get the appeal as to why Bill would go down this route or why the board, the MLC board would go down mm -hmm. the John Herdman route uh, in terms of obviously he's well known to Canadian soccer fans, you know, people like him. He is personable. He, it, you know, as much as we do get on John Herdman, sometimes tactically, you know, he does get stuff right tactically. Like he, you know, he's not inept mm -hmm. in that regard, but yeah, I, yeah, I I'm sure we're going to have an easier time than Belgium at the World Cup with, you know, real Salt Lake on a side. Yeah, but I mean, I, I but I do yeah. think that um, he might he's on a last sort of chance, you know, with TFC. Right. Like we've said, you know, that, even we've though, said that the man, the man's bulletproof. We've said that. Uh, the last, I mean, said that after to a certain Armist. extent. Yeah, to a certain extent. Mm. But I think I, I think there is a there is a there will be a limit. You know, there will be a limit from the board in terms of how much they can take, right? And how much uh losing they, they want to do, you know. Um and and mm -hmm. you know, this club will eventually make a move if things are if they give them another coach that they have to pay out again to because they had mm -hmm. to release that one and another GM that they have to fire again because they gotta pay Jason Hernandez out, like that becomes money to the board, right? And like, okay, is it right. Leaf Raptor money? No. Um, but at the same time, still money, uh, you know, and the board uh, yep. the board doesn't necessarily want to keep paying 
for people to not work with them. They already did that with Mike Babcock and they didn't love it's, that the first time. I mean, it's an, it's easy arithmetic. It, you, you can't ask for two diametrically opposed personalities than Bob Bradley and John Herbman. And they are both now facing the same conundrum, which is I have my ideas on how to build a team and how I like to play, except for the fact that my entire 75% of my budget is being spent on two players that force me to adhere to a system who are halfway out the door and whose allegiances seem to shift with the, with the tides, right? He's got the same issue that Bob had, which is you're, you've got a mandate to do your thing and then immediately are kneecapped to, do, to being able to do it with 25% of your resources, right? So his destiny lives or dies in the same way as Bob Bradley's destiny at TFC lived or died. What can he do with the wingers, right? I You can put me on record. I don't think you can do anything with these guys. I think at best you get a week out of them before something shiny, shiny, squirrel changes the, the rules of the game again. And I think there's it's too long and, and too much rot and too much comfort in this specific position with this specific club to keep trying because that's the best you're going to get. Anybody expecting a, a buy-in and them suddenly to be kumbaya you know, is, is it's not happening. It's just not happening. No. So uh, I, can we yeah, I do buy agree. with a week here, a week there, you know, uh, 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 dealing with this, dealing with that? We may have to. These are albatross contracts now in a way that we've never, ever seen before. Right. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, I think you I can have get a ton rid of, of one. trepidation. Yeah. I think you may move yeah, I have one. A ton of I don't know about two. Yeah, and 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 a to in Son- uh, fr- uh friend of the show, uh, Sonia Missio, just saying here. Mm. Oh, I'm glad I thought uh, I was the only one that uh, thought uh, John Herman was a wild card. Look, a lot of people yeah. do. A lot of people do. I think a lot of people have hope um, based on his track record of building uh, teams mm-hmm. and building groups of people. The on pitch. This is the toughest test. We're going to see. Is, it is, is the toughest to test for him. I think test. this is the toughest test. I think the national team mm-hmm. was a, the men's national team. Well, I actually think the women's national team was the second toughest test for him because I think picking that yep. team, not to go deep, deep, deep into the women's national team lore, but picking that team up after that World Cup where they were that bad, oh, yeah. um, as oh, yeah. bad as the one that just passed. Um, mm-hmm. what the, that looked like in the Carolina Marachi era and how bad oh, that yeah. was yeah, just, to find somebody yeah, who could yeah. pick that group up and keep them going. Um, that, that was an amazing bit of work. He's going to have to almost do something like that again with Toronto, mm-hmm. um, FC. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's start to wrap this thing up. Let's get into the burning got, question got, here. Oh, you got to you jump into something quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause. Why haven't the fans turned on the team in the same way they did with Bradley early in the season? It's pathetic, disrespectful product. They should be getting mm-hmm. off the field. That's I got two answers to this, Kieran. That's a good question. One is exhaustion. Two is every single there was still a chance with Bob Bradley. You know, there, we were still playing coulda, shoulda, woulda. Right? Get Bradley out. Maybe hire a number nine. It fixes everything. Get Bradley out. Let the wait, let the DPS you know assert themselves in a new environment without their you know without their number one. Uh, 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 lightning rod or, or punching bag that doesn't exist anymore. We, there is, you know, I don't want to say hopeless, but the tacit understanding in the fan base is that we're just, we're, we're just playing out the string right now. Right. So what's the point of booing this team? They're not going to be here. You know, it's like people cre- screaming, what, well, you know, why aren't we giving a bar more minutes? Who cares? Who cares? Give them no more minutes. 
I well, mean, he's not coming back next my, season. My, he's definitely well, going yeah, back somebody, to Atlanta. Somebody said on my on my WTR uh, article as a comment, and I can't remember who it was, but they said, you know, um, Ibarra is looking unfit. Who cares? Let him eat. Let him go to let him go to Burgers Priest all he wants. That man should be getting no more minutes on this team. So who are we going to boo? Are we going to boo the wingers? Why? They don't care about anything, and it's just you're just going to lose your voice for nothing. Are you going to boo? Uh, you know, the team that is going to be gutted in the off season. No, why drink your beer, have your fun, smoke them if you got them, who cares? Right. So I think Kieran, that's why, you know, we, I, I, speaking from my own experience, I don't see a point. Um, it's gallows humor time guys. Like you enjoy the fun times with your friends, go home and do something else. Yeah. Also, I would say, Jeff, that there isn't really a history mm. at this club of booing team the team off the field. Like it doesn't like in Paper all the years faces. I have gone to this club other than other than really, I guess, maybe the 2012, 20 sort of I, 11, I honestly, 12, 13 run there. There was a little bit of you. that. But it wasn't as heavy, like, you know, after the D-Row check celebration stuff. And, like, you're thinking about yeah. that era of TFC. There was a little bit of I'm that. I'm saying for, for a club as young as we are, mm-hmm. you know, we have had, I think, above average moments of of proper frustration. The town hall where we went yeah. after the, yeah. the, the front office, you know. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I do think that our collective history, there have been innumerable examples maybe not you know the the ultras getting a megaphone and having and having a field day with the players on the pitch like it's been happening all over europe but again you know let's not let's not reinvent history here there have been many moments in the short history of our club where we have said we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore and have instigated change so you know i don't think that this club is that unsophisticated i i stand Mm, by my I, I I I, i think i think booing at this point does nothing it makes us feel bad it doesn't get through to the people on the pitch because they don't care because they're just going through the motions so you know all of life is a chess game and and i think collectively everybody sort of understands that what's the point what's the yeah point? there was a point okay when that's we were fair doing i'll take that bob yeah. bradley earlier in the season yeah. now there isn't yeah. now there isn't there's no point yeah, I'll other take than that. losing I'll take your voice that. and making yourself miserable. So, so I think accidentally or on purpose, we've come to that conclusion, and that's why we're not booing. You know? Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll take that. I, I will say though um, that it, in Sonia again says the paper bag era. Yeah, there was an era. Yeah, of paper yeah, that's bags I said right away. Paper yeah, bags yeah, yeah, yeah this true. It's true. Yeah, and and I was at that town hall. We booed. We've booed. Yeah. We've we have lost this team. It is true. It is true. Yeah. I was I was at that town hall. That was the that was. Yeah, I mean Christopher says it in a roundabout way. You know, it seems like the fans are just being empathetic, realizing the players are just sad and frustrated as us. We're all exhausted. There's so much truth in that, but it there, yeah. but it's also not an excuse. You're a professional soccer player. I mean, I I don't know if you were here. Um, I don't know if we were standing together. If I said this to you, or if I said this to my to my other friend that was with me on the night, but you know. They don't. So many people try at being professional soccer players and fail. So whether you're on a crap team, whether you're not getting minutes, whether your foot hurts or you don't have the right uh, OVO sponsorship or whatever the hell, there's a. And you were saying it last week. Yeah. Take some pride in the fact that you're doing something that almost 99% of the people that try don't get to do. You made it. 
I see none of that pride, none of that aside from the Kobe Franklins and the Luca Gavrins that are really, 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 you know, looking so uh, good out there because everybody else looks so bad, right? That personal pride, that personal uh, motivation that comes from being one of the select chosen few is absolutely gone. You know, it's, it's like, they're not even, and, and when, and that's an insult, that's an insult to the people coming up that want their position. And it's an insult to the other people playing. Like not everybody gets to do this just because they want to, and you do, and you have no pride for the badge. You have no pride for yourself. You just, you just want it to be over. You know, there should, we should never get to that point. I mean, that is the real tragedy here is we've allowed our club by by a snowball effect of various different things and it's not just this year and it's not just the dps we've allowed our club to get to this level and that's the real tragedy i mean booing now who cares hindsight is always 2020 but we should have booed a long time ago you know it's true true. in a lot of ways we still lived off the the glow of those championship years and thought it would come back a lot quicker but that's just that's just how sometimes it works just how Um, the cookie crumbles yep but although turts you say apathy as we're going to prove in the burning question here maybe it's not as much apathy as you think it is hold on hold on hold on oh i screwed it up didn't i there it is The burning question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's also where you connect with the people and local businesses in your community. Download Nextdoor and find soccer fans in your neighborhood, like on the Toronto FC fan community group. Uh, We've been posting there, interacting with people um, all season. Uh, You can download the Nextdoor app at the App Store or on nextdoor.ca and Kudos, Jeff. The vo- Turt's saying the per- the volume is perfect now. I know. Um, I made Turt's happy. I'm I'm real there happy. You go. Real happy. Here. Um, the question we asked you this week was just simply: if you're a TFC season ticket holder like I am, like Jeff is, are you renewing next season? Right? Is it like is this enough? Is has this combination and and sort of the the reasoning behind this question is like as the combination of all of this over the last couple of seasons just left you kind of like. Uh, or are you still in? Are you still bought in on the future? And look, I'll go and through And we're also these trolling the, fla- the classic tra- flounce post, which you see everywhere, which is, you know, at the at, at the turn of every hat, I'm canceling my season tickets, which is generally BS, almost. 100%. Well, I mean, I have seen a few yeah. that actually have gone ahead and done it, but for the, the vast majority mm-hmm. are renewing, right? The vast majority are renewing, yeah. which or I never I, have them. Or yeah, the, and and, and, uh, and look, I I of course I am renewing. Um, I have some trepidations around it, but I am renewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, but I that said, I get why people who have chosen not to aren't. I I completely get it. And and to me, this is even a little bit different than the bad days, 
right? I, mm-hmm. I think there is something behind it. But let me get into some of these comments from you guys, uh, some of sure. the listeners here. Um, so from the community fan group in uh, on Nextdoor, uh, Gilberto says, yes, I'm renewing my season tickets. I know we're all upset at the front office, but the passion for the team is deeper, so I'll be back. I'm hopeful Herdman can have a positive outcome and steer the ship uh, in the right direction, which I, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of that um it, it, a lot of that going around um here marco uh from the same uh, community tfc community group says i am and it's because regardless i will stand by my team uh this has been the worst season in our history and at times i felt abandoned and mm-hmm. I, that's where i'm coming back to in terms of uh why i understand why people might not be renewing because i there's a lot in a lot of ways a lot of people do feel abandoned by the club mm-hmm. and you know to constantly say and i see the comments out there that oh well you're supposed to be a real supporter a real supporter never gives up a real supporter never drops mm-hmm. their seats like uh you know i i i understand it to a certain extent what but if they also, can't afford it anymore what if they have a kid or a, a sure. illness in the family yeah what, that not too a real but fan even if you anymore, don't that's you're an asshole yeah but yeah. even yeah 100 percent. but even if mm-hmm. it's for reasons of i feel this club has abandoned me or i don't think this club is uh exuding the principles that it says it does you don't or know has the club aspired anything. to be do do you do you yeah. man you don't know yeah the club i anything. i get it i get it because they have in a lot of ways you know they yeah. have abandoned yeah. those things but in and, the same if you but in the same context we need to be clear oh sorry i interrupted you and i just saw your no no no, go, go, go. no 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 say what no, you no, say. Please, please you're saying that. something good well in this in the same context we have to be clear of what the club owes you. Does it owe you Lorenzo Insigne on a on a on a chair over a, a, a pool that you can throw vegetables at and try and dunk him? Because I don't think so, right? I do think that line is getting very very muddy. You know, the club owes you a venue with which to spend money on concessions and watch soccer. They they're not coming to your to your kid's birthday party, and they don't owe you you know a Christmas card, right? Those things are added value to your to your thing but they don't owe you shit from shinola if you excuse my language and this and and at the end of the day i think there is a disconnect like well how many sport season tickets events do i need to go to zero zero that's a perk that 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 is happening that they can easily take away um you know all that you're guaranteed is your seats they're season seats that's it so if you're unhappy because you're not getting the perks or this and that and this that sounds to me like a you problem, but like, you know, there is, there is no, everybody's experience is different. And if this was your Waterloo with the club, more power to you. Do you, I, I mean, I'm yeah. renewing my season seats, but I am not going to get up on a soapbox and say, you don't get to, you don't get to decide what to do with your money and your time. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why, why it makes sense to not renew. People with yeah, young Sonia, kids, you're right. their kids to games anymore. Yeah, Sonia, you're right. They mm. used to send Christmas cards. Um, but uh, you know what? I, beyond that, I, I think more to my point is like, look, people, like if you're listening to the show, you're a hardcore TFC fan. You're spending your Monday night with us um, talking about a, a wooden spoon team that is nowhere close to being anywhere good. Um, mm. And we appreciate that. Fair. Thank you. Keep Keep listening click subscribe um but mm. also you know you do expect a type of 
sort of I don't know if, if the right word is 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 sort of give back from a club and I'm not talking about like in physical stuff right mm-hmm. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the idea that a club is supposed to yeah I'm saying we kind of maybe we are um but mm-hmm. uh you know you the club is supposed to mean something right everybody lives by words more than a club never walk alone mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff yeah. and yes okay some of it is now marketing jargon and speak and and stuff like that for sure Um, but like at the same time, people gravitate around that. Like, you know, you, you, you form friends. Yeah. You, you form groups of friends in your seats, whether you're in the South end or you sit on the West side and you have a group of people that you have been sitting with for years, you build a community and you, yeah, and you want that community to be respected by the club. And sometimes this club does not respect those communities, right? They don't respect you sometimes as a fan and if you're walking away because you think the club is not respecting you as a fan if you think the club is no longer living to some of the ethos of all for one or the idea of putting you know um an entertaining product that really does fight for the badge and cares about representing toronto in this league all good reasons because you're right decent reason to me like i i i I don't blame you because in a lot of ways they have not lived up to those things and Mm -hmm. and you have a complete right to to sort of walk away from that perspective but let's that said let's talk to some about some more people who are clearly going to stay uh as Mm. tfc season seat holders uh turts uh just say yeah he's had seats from before the team had a name not going to give them up after a few poor seasons Look, if you have been a long-time seat holder, I've been a long-time seat holder, not since day one, but pretty close. Mm. Um, Yeah. You know, we have seen bad football. We have seen horrible, bad football. Like, we have seen Mm. giving up a goal 30 seconds off a Torsten Frings uh, kickoff in a game, bad. (laughs) You know, that kind of bad. We will see better days. Um, and we'll but, see bad days again. And we'll see more bad days. And we may see more bad days next year. Um, so Turt's totally feeling yeah. there. And Sean just saying, first season uh, first season as a season seat holder, renewing because it can only get better, dot, 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 right? There you yes. go, Shawnee. There At you some go. point. It Love may not be comment. right away, Sean, but if you buy, like, yeah, it's yeah, like Sean. trying to sell people stock. It's like if you buy now, yeah. you know, in the next couple of years, you will see mm-hmm. the appreciation. You will see the value in like 10 years. Um, hopefully it's yeah. not 10 years, Sean. Um, like, you know, Turt's probably had to go through uh, to actually see some success yeah. at this club. Um, but, you know, I get it from that perspective. Um, I'm going to just read off two more. Uh, Gray saying, yes, I've had uh, tickets since day one. Always will. I'm a supporter of this club, not a fair weather fan. I get what you're saying there, Gray, too. I also get it, again, like I said, if you think this club isn't respecting you as a seat holder and you want to bounce respect i i completely understand that and one jeffrey p nesker writes in saying support your team in glory support your team in misery otherwise fuck off question mark um you know uh i I don't know who said it was it socrates who who was it was it yeah yeah, yeah, that's right yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, in, but in, I mean, in a that's lot such of... hipster bullshit. Honestly, the, yeah. that, 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 uh, like, it, it really is. It's designed to make me feel better when you know I, I, I'm watching a losing team, right? But like, you know, I look at Benfica, who's who, who, you know, the Gutman curse. Like, supporting teams isn't all rosy all the time. 
you know, and that's what makes the victory so much, so much sweeter. Um, but yeah, I mean, we are idiots. We're idiots. This is how we choose to spend our money. This is how we choose to navigate our lives. Um, we take the bad with the good this year, a lot more bad than good. If it's too much for you, that's your decision. And we do, and we do not have the privilege to tell you it's wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Chris, just to answer your question, I know Turt's kind of got it in there as well. Yes, uh, South End season tickets do go up every year, generally speaking, unless there is a price freeze Didn't this year. But of course, it, it depends on it, like there is a price freeze this year. Does depend, though, on when you signed with the club. So when you first started your membership will determine your, your price, whether you get sort of uh, the uh, they call it legacy pricing mm -hmm. uh so i get the legacy pricing i think i think jeff you you're a legacy too right you got some legacy i think stuff. i You've do been, I, i'm not sure I over just eight years off, right i think it, i think they consider it, legacy yeah. eight years and over so if you've been a seat mm. holder that long, then you probably have some legacy pricing depending on when you signed up. But that uh, you don't right. care about, or at least that's your own private business. Um, let's yeah, yeah. let's wrap up the show here. Thank you again for uh, tuning into another Toronto Till I Die episode. We really appreciate it. Obviously, this community is growing. You are spending a Monday night uh, talking about a terrible football club. <coughs> we really do appreciate it. Uh, tell tell your people, tell your people how much you like the show um, by leaving us a review mm -hmm. or a thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, again, give us the old thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, that really does help. If you're listening uh, on the podcast version of the show right now, if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. Uh, I think you can also yeah. The, the last stars one's there. from March. You guys got to get in there. I want. I want to. Yeah, read some exactly. If you can do us a, a review that would be great um and then uh for spotify leave us some stars preferably five that would be awesome uh and uh, that will help people find the show uh for jeffrey p nesker i'm mike newell oh thanks oh, we'll see you next uh, week uh, uh, no hold Cheers, on hold everybody. on and wait and wait